Hello, podcast listener and soon-to-be podcast producer. You have stumbled upon an episode of JJ Meets World taped live at the Fargo Public Library in front of a whole group of people where Tucker and I teach them what it is to launch a podcast, or at least what it is to launch a podcast that's exactly like JJ Meets World because we don't have a reference for literally any other type of podcast out there, including a fun intro where I talk about the fact that competition is good. And I think that it's good for everybody else. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of JJ Meets World. And don't forget to swing over to Patreon.com and support this podcast at Patreon.com slash JJ Meets World. One, two, three, four. JJ Gordon, sort of like that Indiana Jones in that he's always snipping out his next adventure. Yes, he is. He's always interviewing guests so he can have them on his show and they can talk about pop culture, arts, and leisure. JJ has his flag unfurled and he likes his french fries curled and he's fun and then he twirls as he goes to meet the world. He will march into the rain even if his ankle sprain. Take a peek inside his brain. This podcast is called JJ Meets World. I love the saying steel cuts steel because I'm a big believer in that the only if you're the only person in a market you're just going to eventually get lazy okay you just inevitably are but if you've got competition of some kind it's going to keep you fresh because there's always somebody else who's spinning an idea behind you and i think about that when i think about the jj meets world podcast now i don't know if somebody else is doing the exact same thing that we're doing in the fargo moorhead community nobody has told me about it and i think i keep my ear to the ground pretty pretty decently. And uh, someone was asking me recently, well, what if somebody else starts like the exact same podcast you did? They should. Exactly. They absolutely should. Because there's always opportunity and the podcasting field is wide open. Yeah. I think in the art world in general, the creativity world where you're doing something for the sake of doing it versus necessarily purely profit-based driven like a business would do. Um, the, the things that last are the things that only compete with themselves because competing with other artists, it just doesn't make sense. It's not the same thing. You should always be competing with a prior version of yourself. And so that's one thing that we've been really good at doing is, is being self-critical about our show mm-hmm. and, and refocusing on it and competing with the previous shows that we've done. Even just in our format it's from episode one to today has changed. Yep. Not drastically, but we've tweaked the things that needed to be tweaked. And this podcast you're about to listen to is actually the audio we took when Tucker and I taught a, a little class on podcasting at the Fargo Moorhead uh, or at the Fargo Public Library. Excuse me. Um, you're going to hear people who took the class asking questions. You're going to hear us give a little synopsis of exactly what it is that we do, how we do it. And so if you're considering getting into podcasting, this might be a nice uh, local resource for you to take in. Um, we also should give a shout out to Lori K. West over at yes. the Fargo Public Library for hooking us up with this. It was so awesome. She asked us a few months ago if we'd be up for doing this, and we were at around 60-some episodes, and we're getting close to 100 now. And it was she was she she's awesome. She's a previous guest on the podcast, uh, as is her husband. And big thanks to her for setting us up with this. It was fun. You're also going to hear a lot of suggestions for other podcasts that people listen to. One of the things that Tucker asks is, What's your name and what's a podcast that you listen to? And there's a really varied 
selection of podcasts. There's even individuals out there who've never listened to a podcast before right. who came to take this class. Right. It was a lot of fun. I had I had a blast doing it. We had intended it for it to be just about 60 minutes, and we went longer than that yeah. because there was such a great discussion going on. Right. And uh, I want to say kudos to Tucker because he's the one who thought, well, let's record this and turn this into an episode of our own podcast because part of our JJ Meets World effort is to go out there and to be a part of the communities that we're serving and talking about. Right. And so here we are directly right. doing that. It's both proactive and lazy of me yeah. to do it's, it. It's, it's very like, meta. It's of like, you. oh, man, I could get another episode out of this. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> Every I part feel, of the Buffalo. I feel like if we were fired from writing for the show Black Mirror, <laughs> this is maybe the episode that we'd get fired <laughs> for. Um that being said, too, I'm bandying around the idea of doing a Bandersnatch episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Where we've got like a way where you could listen to, you choose the next chunk of it. Right, right. Um, um, also, although I did hear that those people almost went insane really? trying to put that together. <laughs> so. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, also, audio quality is just a little bit different. Uh, we had to raise the volume on people when they came up to the microphone. So apologies for those of you audiophiles who are used to a very consistent JJ Meets World sound. But like the gentleman who had a very specific, very tech savvy audio question for you. Right. And probably, I didn't really have an answer for yep. him. Uh, you'll, you'll hear it. It's yeah. in there. It's a lot of fun. I failed that, man. Um, and we talked about everything, including uh, something that I didn't intend to talk about before, but when I was talking to the group, I was like, I should mention this, which is the monetization yep. of podcasting and the fact that you know, we pitch you guys Patreon every single week, patreon.com slash JJ Meets World. And uh, I think there's people out there who want to do a podcast to change the world. There's people out there who want to do a podcast because they have a need to create. And I think there's also people out there who want to do a podcast because they think it might be their opportunity to get rich and famous. And all of those are splendid reasons to start a podcast, whatever, whatever it is. And so I hope that we have helped create and ignite some fun for people and that they get out there and they create some podcasts. I am going to take partial credit for every podcast that's created from that class. <laughs> I will think of it the way an uncle <laughs> thinks of your like his nephew's best friend. Is it more like a martial arts lineage? Where yes. it's like like who did you study under? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, my podcasting is strong. <laughs> uh so folks sit back relax and if you're interested in podcasting get out a pen and piece of paper or more likely since you're listening to this on your phone or computer you're going to use the note uh pad app whatever i don't care what you use stop getting in my face uh enjoy this episode of jj meets world jj meets world so interestingly enough while we're doing this we're actually recording this for our next episode of our podcast <laughs> Uh, you know, two birds, one stone. Uh, uh, about a year ago, Tucker asked me if I'd like to get into podcasting, and I said, sure, that sounds like a great thing to do, uh, because we're too lazy to edit video footage. Uh, and the audio side is much, much easier. Uh, I've been a big fan of podcasts for a long time now. Uh, my industry is radio. I'm on It Takes Two with Amy and JJ on KFGO. If you listen to that, if you don't, that's fine, unless you get one of those ratings diaries, in which case, just write my name down. Um... So uh, what I wanted to get into was the next level of what radio is becoming. Sh uh, surely, uh, media changes all the time. Uh, uh, 100 years ago, they never thought that they would add sound to motion pictures. Uh, in fact, seeing something that was longer than six minutes 
was pretty amazing. And today you can download literally tens of thousands of hours of content on your cell phone. Um, so getting into the medium of podcasting was a lot of fun. The first thing we had to do was address what kind of a show do we want to make? Uh, podcasting's great because the show can be whatever you want. I always tell people the first thing I would do is figure out what the show is going to sound like, what it's going to uh, inspire your listeners to do. So our show is about telling interesting stories from people who you might not know have interesting stories. Uh, for example, uh, Lori was one of our guests right there. Uh, so I see, I see Pam straight here as well. Uh, there, there's so many people out there who have these interesting, fascinating stories from their lives, and they just need a medium to be able to tell them. That's why podcasting is so great. So on our podcast, JJ Meets World, we seek out not just people locally, but uh, regionally and nationally who have an interesting story to tell. Uh, some of our uh, most downloaded episodes include one where we interview an undertaker, and ask about what it's like to care for people after they've shuffled off this mortal coil. Uh, we have done uh, an episode, our, our episode that aired on Monday uh, is with a young lady who is in uh, to cosplay. And we really are covering like a huge gamut of people on there. Uh, I learn something new every single time we do one of these interviews. They last for about an hour. Sometimes they're a little bit longer than that. Uh, and we've tweaked how our episodes go depending on the feedback that we get from the people out there. So don't be afraid of some criticism while you're preparing your podcast. If someone tells you it was great, but it was maybe 10 minutes too long. You'll get some. Yeah, you'll get a, you'll you'll get get a lot some. of that. Yeah, yeah. People love to give a good critique. Uh, and so take that uh, with both a grain of salt and as some advice as you're prepping your own podcast out there. So once you figure out what your podcast is going to be, whether it's going to be you just talking about politics for five minutes or explaining why the number nine on McDonald's uh, extra value meal is the best. You could probably eat 20 episodes out of that one. Uh, start and put together a plan for your first episode. So if it's an interview, have some questions ready for the person that you're going to talk to. Most of the time, I am leading on with questions that I kind of know the answers to. I'm exploring some things. If I want someone to talk about their time... Uh, in Panama, I can lead them in by saying, tell me about your time in Panama. Uh, sometimes you're lucky, and uh, Doug Hamilton, who's another uh, radio personality in the Fargo-Moorhead area, hopped on, and I said, well, Doug, tell me about your life, and 20 minutes straight, he was just talk, 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 talk. It made my job really easy that day. <laughs> so now you've got an idea for what your podcast is. Now you've got a game plan for your first episode. It's time to think, how am I going to record this? How am I going to put this together and make it available for other people to see? So I'm going to transition it over to Tucker, who's my producer on JJ Meets World. He's a co-host. He monitors our audio levels. And he's the one who makes sure that these things get out every Monday and Thursday. Um. We're going to go to sitting here in a little bit, but I'm going to not get shown up by JJ, and I'm going to stand up for the first part. Um, JJ hit the nail on the head when he said we're too lazy to edit video, which means I'm too lazy to edit video at the moment. My background is in video production. I've been a, a, a TV producer for a better part of 10 years. I used to work in poker television and uh, produced a show on CBS Sports Network called Poker Night in America. And when I approached JJ about getting into podcasting, I thought that, and it turned out to be true that if, if producing a poker TV show, an hour-long poker TV show, is like running an Ultraman marathon, producing a podcast is like walking your dog around the block twice. <laughs> so it seems like a pretty obvious answer, right? Um, 
the things that I'm kind of excited to talk about today, um, and we're going to kind of get through this quick because what we really want are for you to be able to ask us questions that we can answer for you. And when we get to that portion, if you could uh, just do us a favor and walk up to one of these, either of these microphones and just say it into that. And if we need to repeat it for the rest of the room, we can. Um, and then you will be an official guest on JJ Meets World, which is recording right now. Um, podcasting out of all of the other media types out there is incredibly easy to access. It's really easy to get started. What we have sitting in front of us right here, I've kind of outlined in that resource sheet on the back if you wanna take a look at it. Um, this setup minus the computer cost us a little under $300 to piece together. And that's with four microphones and a bunch of stuff, right? You could start podcasting today using your phone for free if you really wanted to. There are plenty of apps out there on the App Store for both iOS and Google Play. Really what you need is you need a connection to the internet, a way to record your voice, and a voice. And that's it. That's the barrier to getting into podcasting. Um, and if you think about, uh, think about like old-timey radio and how they had all these old radio dramas and that was the way uh, you told stories until they had a really visual medium to go. If you go back to listen to those stories, they're still engaging today, and they're able to take you to, you know, Narnia, or Germany, or the moon, or the ocean, or wherever you want to go, and it costs next to nothing because it is the theater of the mind's eye that your audience is listening to. Um, so uh, I'm not going to try to get too bogged down into details. A lot of them I've outlined on that sheet. And uh, please feel free to ask us questions when we get to that point, and even afterwards if you want to come up. We've also put our contact info on that sheet, so you can email JJ Meets World and ask any questions that you want. Um, so yeah, like I said, you need the ability to record your voice, which requires a microphone. And we're using a computer, and I'll go into this setup here in a little bit, but you don't need to use a computer. You don't need to go and drop $1,000 on a MacBook Pro or anything else to really get started. Um, on that sheet, we've got, I'm sorry, I'll get to you in just a second. We've got little, there are little recorders, two channel recorders that you can get on Amazon for like a hundred bucks. And that's more than good enough to get your recording made. Um, some people use their phones. Um, some use one single microphone that they buy online and uh, get that. We had a guest who recorded all of the episodes of her show uh, which is about the Tudors dynasty and has over 30,000 followers uh, by throwing a blanket over her head and recording it right into her uh, like iPhone 4. Right. So it, it, you can do anything. You've got the technology in your pocket right now already. Think about it this way. Think about YouTube videos. How many YouTube videos does have, have just immaculate video quality? Right. Some of the most, most viewed YouTube videos out there are all compressed and artifacty. And ultimately, that's because it's not necessarily about the tech or the quality of the recording. It's about the content. If you have something interesting to say that people want to listen to, if you record it on your phone, they'll still listen to it. It might be kind of annoying after a while. But some very popular, like her podcast dwarfs ours. Like, like a ton of people listen to her podcast. Yeah, they should have asked her to do this. They really should have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so you need a method to record, and then the other really big thing is you have to figure out what an RSS feed is. And now here's the thing. I'm the producer of the show, and I can never remember what RSS stands for. Some of you in the room probably know. I'm pretty sure the word syndicated is in there. It's a little term we've had around for years. 
RSS is the feed. It's the thing that you upload your podcast to that lets other people get from it. Um, there are a lot of different ways that you can set up an RSS feed. I'll tell you about how we did it, and it's outlined on the sheet. We use a service called Libsyn, uh, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Um, you can get into there for free, I believe, and then they've got tiers of payment if you're uploading a bunch of content. But basically what a service like Libsyn does or any of the other RSS providers is it lets it so that you, let's say you've got a podcast and you want people to be able to download it wherever, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Facebook, the list goes on and on. Instead of having to upload it every single time to each one of those platforms and re-input the information every, every time, you do it once and then that service feeds it out to everything. And then people can digest your content the way that they want to, which is ultimately kind of the coolest thing about podcasting is that it's, it's a slow medium, unlike TV, where people get to take their time with it and digest it when it works for them. For our podcast, the coup de grace has been to get on the Apple RSS feed uh, that feeds into things like iTunes and the Apple radio, things like that. That's where the bulk of our listenership has come from so far. Right. Um, yeah, uh, for whatever reason, I think it's because Apple was the first, the first uh, company to put in their software a podcast category in iTunes. First one to ever do it. And so I want to say it's close to 70 to 80% of all podcasting is downloaded on Apple devices using iOS. Like for whatever reason, iPhone users are really into podcasting. So yeah, you find out kind of weird things like that with a service like Libsyn, which then not only services your RSS feed for you, but then gives you on the back end information, analytics. How many times has this been downloaded? Where has it been downloaded? How long are people listening to it? Um, we did, uh, and it graphs it over time, so we did an episode uh, around Christmas time about the Santa Land Diaries, which JJ starred in, and suddenly we realized, wow, this podcast just blew up. Like, we just got 3,000 downloads in a week. What the heck happened? And we found out it's because people were Googling for Santa Land Diaries because it was December, and it was being performed everywhere. So services like that give you information to go, okay, our audience responded to something that we did. And now we're looking back and going, what kind of other things can we do to, uh, to, get, it, to get an audience to find us? Um, Using those ideas uh, and those analytics too will really help you if your sole goal is to get a bunch of people listening to your podcast and you don't really care about what the content is find the show that had your biggest spike and then just keep replicating that over and over and over and over again um, it's what a lot of uh, major uh, radio companies do. They find that one niche, and then they say, okay, well, we're going to figure out how to just duplicate this over and over. So every time we say Lindsay Lohan, we know it's good for 500 downloads. So they'll start having a Lindsay Lohan check-in every single week to try and up those podcast numbers over and over and over again. Um, let's get a little comfortable here, JJ. I want to get to know everyone that's gotten here a little bit better so that we better know what kind of information you need to hear from us. I'm so excited about podcasting that I can just run at the mouth. And I want to kind of get feedback from you guys as well before we go, especially because I know you've got a question lined up. Go ahead. Do you want to come up to one of these and just say it into the microphone? What's your name, by the way? Hi, my name is Sherry Darden. Nice Hello, you, Sherry. Sherry. Hi. 
Welcome um, to JJ Meets World. Thank you. <laughs> People are listening to this on all over the globe. Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, you have MacBook Pro 13-inch, and I was wondering, I have a HP laptop. Yep. So I was wondering, can I use that? Absolutely. Awesome. The nice thing about uh, audio is that it's not really processor intensive, so okay. you don't need like the, the coolest, fastest computer on the planet. This is actually, I think, four, year, four or five years old. I okay. think something like that, but yeah, I mean, I, I bet anything your HP laptop would be more than equipped to handle uh, audio production. And on that list, mm -hmm. uh, in the post-production software, you take a look at Audacity. That's the oh, okay. the, the free mm -hmm. software that's out there that you can download. And I think that I could be wrong, but I think that's optimal for running on all sorts of uh, computers. Okay. It is, yeah. It's both PC and Mac. They've Sweet. got one for each. My second question was on the podcasting hosting, the Libsyn, mm -hmm. does that cost? Uh, we do pay for a tiered, so it's a tiered service. Okay. The way Libsyn does it is they charge you, depending on how much of the, uh, uh, how much space the episode takes up. So actually, think you just reminded me of something oh. to talk about. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Um, uh, it really comes down to how often you're uploading and how long your show is. So we upload twice a week. And our show is at least an hour long, which puts it at about 100 or so meg each time we upload. And so because we're putting up a ton of content, we actually pay for a certain level of hosting, which okay. I think it's about 70 bucks a month is what we're paying right now. Oh, that's not bad. No, but, yeah. I, mean, but I mean, even if you're only doing one podcast a, a week, that's half an hour, I bet you're not paying more than 20 bucks to be able to use the service. And you can use services like SoundCloud has a certain amount that you can upload for free. And so if you say to yourself, like for me, for example, when I got into home, home preserves, I went out and spent like $400 and I've made not a single jar of jam since. <laughs> so I learned a very important lesson that maybe I'll just go the route of the cheapest or the free until uh -huh. I know I'm going to follow through until and keep doing it gotcha. over and over again. Okay. Um, well, I'm here because... Uh can you my, get just a little bit closer oh, to the mic? My sweetie is into black powder. We're both into black powder rendezvous. Yeah. And we're doing the High Plains Rendezvous this year in cool. Sheldon, North North Dakota? South Dakota. I can't remember which one. I'm from Minnesota, so the Dakotas are confusing to me. Yeah, they want to make them one mega Dakota if you've seen that, <laughs> uh, that change.org petition. So I thought, well, maybe I could do a podcast and promote the show and promote the, the rendezvous and stuff. So that's why I'm here tonight, because I thought, I have a Behringer. I've, I've already bought the stuff, nice. but I never had the class, the teaching to go further. So here I am. Right, right. Well, it's we're easy. We're, we're a resource awesome. for you also after this. So go ahead and email awesome. us anytime you want and okay. respond to you. Yeah, about send that. us a copy of your first podcast. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And thank you. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, who out there has an idea for a show already? A couple of people? Yeah. Awesome. So I'm curious to know what's stopping you from making that show? What has what has stopped you from making that show already? Time? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I know one thing that stopped Tucker and I was quality. We were worried that, uh, gosh, unless we put a bunch of money into this and unless we get some big name guests and it's very polished, is the quality going to be there to get people to listen to more than one episode? And Tucker hit on a word earlier that is really important, which is content. So what you're saying, what they're hearing is more important than if the audio is scratchy or it's hollow. 
everyone's I'm sure heard something that sounds like it was recorded inside of a mixing bowl uh, or like in an area like a pool a pool room at the hotel. And so people will look past that if the content is good enough. Uh, some of the biggest podcasts uh, that are out there, if you listen to their first couple episodes, a lot of them have very humble beginnings and until they get the, you know, the MeUndies.com money. Uh, <laughs> that Joe have, Rogan money. Yeah, that Joe Rogan money. They have a problem getting there uh, as far as like amazing equipment. Um, I know a couple of them that started, uh, the, the Nerdist Network started with a, c- a cell phone. And it was just getting access to somebody and sitting down and saying, can I have 20 minutes of your time to ask some questions uh, and create some content? And we'll go from there. Uh, some of my least favorite episodes of JJ Meets World are the best sounding episodes. <laughs> so, yeah, he, Tucker's laughing because that's his job. Uh, <laughs> but t- it's, it's, about what you, it's about what you're going to say. Now, we talk about ours being an hour long. We put out two a week. So we're putting in three hours at least of recording time uh, every single week so that we have something ready to go. That does, that's not the norm. For sure. Uh, unless, even people who do this professionally, who this is their sole job, uh, hardly put out that much stuff. So don't think that that's a benchmark that you have to oh, get yeah. to. Yeah, we're, we're kind of dumb. Yeah, a podcast could be five minutes long. Uh, it could be your daily, th- a daily thought that you have that you put on to uh, Audacity or whatever you want to use. And sometimes people edit them. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes people just go, okay, listen, this is the podcast. Uh, today in Fargo is really cold, and uh, when it's really cold out, I'm reminded that you can't uh, put lotion, leave lotion in your car. Boom! You hit upload. Your podcast is up, and it's in the uh, it's in the ethers. And what's amazing is 400 people will listen to it over the next year. Uh, <laughs> and you go like, what? And you when you track those things, we had an episode that was really big in Israel for some reason. Yep. Uh, and so you don't really know where it's going to go, but that's the fun of podcasting is it's out there. It's one of the major differences uh, that I face in my uh, day job and on radio is that I say something and it dis- it disappears. Two seconds later, unless I said something really offensive to somebody, it disappears and no one ever thinks about it again. With podcasting, people can go back and listen. Uh, episodes we recorded one year from now, people go back and listen to. Um, there's a term called evergreen, which is really important in the podcast world. Evergreen means that it's something that is always accessible. So, uh, for example, if you do a podcast episode and it's all about Christmas, that episode's still available for people to listen to in July, and they may not enjoy it as much in July as they did around the holidays. Uh, we try, and re- not, uh, try not to reference the date a lot of times in our podcast. So, for example, with, your, uh, with the podcast you're talking about making that's event-based, you'll want things that lead up to the event, maybe something at the event, and then a wrap-up afterwards. So if people start listening at the very beginning, they get a whole picture of, uh, of what this was. But then remember, once the event's done, all of those previous episodes, unless they've got content, evergreen content that people would find interesting even after the event, there's really, there's really no reason for them to continue listening like that. Um, another thing, too, that you should know going into podcasting is it's kind of addictive. Uh, it's a great way to tell stories. Uh, anyone out there, just out of curiosity, anyone listen to Serial, the Serial podcast? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Boy, thank goodness I was driving to Chicago when I first discovered that one, because <laughs> uh, I plowed through a ton of it. Um, podcasting nowadays has become something where people uh, set aside time on the day that that podcast will come out to listen to particular episodes. So for serial or other podcasts that are episodic like that, and you know that every Monday somebody is looking forward to having their lunch break and being able to consume your podcast during that time. Um, with JJ Meets World, uh, they're, real, they're really not. They're kind of meant to be able to grab wherever you are. So if you start on episode one, that's great. If you start on episode 86, you're going to get the exact same experience uh, unless we mention, you should check out episode 45 if you in were interested in that last sentence. Uh, and that's only because we're trying to get you to listen to more episodes. Um, and I'm gonna, I'll talk about this real quick, too, because yeah. I know you, you, Tucker's, Tucker's good, and I'm the, I'm the corporate heavy uh, with our podcast. Uh, <laughs> monetizing your podcast is something that people are going to think about right away, too. So how can I make this a part-time job, or how can I make this a full-time job, how can I get some money for this podcast? It is possible to charge people to listen to your podcast. So just like renting a movie on iTunes, that is a, a way that you can approach your podcast. Now, it l severely limits the number of people who are going to find you, but you can start making some money immediately off of that. Just because it charges $1.99 to listen to it on something, don't expect to get $1.99 because there's a lot of middlemen who want to take their chunk out of that as well. Uh, but the number one way that people monetize podcasts is to put it out into the world for free and then get advertisers who are going to have a little commercial at the beginning, in the middle, and at the end for it. Uh, I, they would really be mad at me at my work if I said this. <laughs> a lot of advertisers are going for podcasts over traditional mediums. Yep. They're not advertising in the paper. Uh, companies are not looking to advertise on television or on radio. They want to be where they know somebody is listening to their ad, and they want to target very specific people. The people who are listening to JJ Meets World, we get all kinds of analytics on them. How many of them are between 18 and 25? How many of them are male or female? How many of them, uh, you know, if, they have, if they've had to put in their income level to download a particular app? So the advertisers we can go to and say, this, this is who's listening to JJ Meets World. Would you please give us some money? And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Most of the time, they don't. Uh, but you'd be surprised, even on a local level, there are so many companies who are looking towards something like a podcast as sponsorable content. Because they want to they be a part of this new, exciting frontier that is podcasting, even though podcasting's been around for, what, a decade now already? Over. Oh. Over a decade. Yep. So when you're prepping what you're doing, Think about that as well. Do I want someone to ultimately buy this or do I want someone to rent space on here uh, later on and give us some money? That pitch is done. <laughs> okay. I'm not looking for you guys to give me money, by the way. <laughs> this is free. So I think the next thing I'd like to talk about too, and then I think pretty soon we'll start opening up the floor a bit more. Um, and if you can't tell, we're both really excited about this topic and we've had a lot of coffee. Um, I want to kind of go over the strategy that we took with our podcast and then you can decide what you would like to keep and take and, and not use for yourself. Both JJ and I have been working in media for a long time. And uh, we both had full-time jobs where we'd go home at the end of the day and have no energy left to make something for ourselves. Nothing. Like, just nothing. I was making videos all day. And I thought I was always going to be just a filmmaker. And then I'd go, do I really want to shoot more video tonight? I've been doing it all day. Do I really want to edit more video this weekend? Um, and so 
as we were thinking about it, it was, what can we do on a budget that we can fit into our weekly schedules that we're not doing for someone else that uh, is ours and that we can turn around a large amount of content fairly easily. And podcasting was the, the way we decided to go with it. And so what we do is we release, uh, we also wanted to release a lot of episodes right away because we knew that if we were doing a guest-based episode or show, so convincing guests to come on the show, uh, if you have no episodes out there in the world, it's going to be kind of tough for some people to take you seriously. So we batched about 10 episodes before we even started. Uh, we release every Monday and Thursday, so twice a week, uh, usually about 7 in the morning. Um, and, uh, and at that moment, at 7 a.m., it goes to iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Facebook. Those are the places that we're sending to from Libsyn right now all at the same time. And we get all the analytics back after that. Um, and then what we do is we pick one day out of the week that we try to record, which is usually Saturday mornings or the mornings that work best for us. And we aim to try to get three interviews done every Saturday. We don't always make it. Sometimes it's just two or one. But we try to hit it like that so that there's only one time out of the week that we actually have to separate time for both of our schedules to mesh up that work with our busy lives. And then we try to do three at a time so we can get ahead of our release schedule. So that, you know, JJ just got married a couple of months ago. Thank you very much. And, you know, she doesn't listen. No. <laughs> Uh, she does not. <laughs> she told me she. In oh, both. She told me she gets enough of it at home. Um, but uh, you know, JJ is going to want to be able to have Saturdays open for you know if, once they start you know making a family and going on vacations. We and go stuff to the like hardware that. store a lot. Right. So we. So what we do is we try to batch our work as much as possible. Try to get it all done in one scoop so that we're not having to take time out of every single day to do it. We found the best way that we could make content regularly that fit into our lives and belongs to us. And only we get to decide what goes in it, right? There's no boss that's telling us, cut this out, put this in, have this guest on, switch to that music. We just have the freedom to do whatever we want. And with JJ Meets World, it's been pretty great because it's not just an interview show, but sometimes we just do something different. So we've done two episodes where we brought in members of JJ's improv troupe, The Linebenders, and we improvised a story for an hour and just did, and then went back in and added sound effects just for fun, just to shake things up a bit. Uh, over Christmas. <laughs> we, did, we did an episode where we did a live audio commentary to the movie The Nutty Professor. Yeah. That's our one of our least downloaded episodes. Um, over Christmas, we recorded a version of uh, Christmas Carol and put that out. Um, we are planning on doing some other stuff coming up pretty soon. In fact, we're going to be doing a live show in March because that's around the time that episode 100 is going to be coming out. Um, so if there's anything that you take home with you today, it's that podcasting is, I think, the most malleable medium out there because it costs almost nothing to get into it and you are restricted by your imagination and your, willing, your willingness to just put in the time to do it. Those are the only things that are really keeping you from starting a podcast today. You can get into it without paying anything if you have a phone, if you have access to the internet or you could spend you know, roughly about 300 bucks for this setup minus the computer to, to get into it 
and have a really, really good sounding show. And finally, I'll just talk just a brief overview of the equipment that you see up here, which is what we use to make every episode, why we picked it, um, and uh, what it's been able to do for us. So uh, first off, who here already has some podcast equipment at home? All right. Uh, besides the computer, I'm assuming the most expensive thing is the microphone in your setup for the most of you, right? These microphones are $80. These microphones are the cheapest and best sounding cheap microphones you can get for podcasts, and they're listed on that sheet. Um, as I'm talking right now, I'm getting a really good audio recording, and if you listen to our show, it actually sounds pretty professional. The one thing about cheap mics like this is that you don't want to handle them because that introduces noise into the thing. If you can like let it be suspended while you're talking, you're great. It's awesome. Um, so we wanted, you know, we needed, we didn't have a ton of money to invest in it. You can spend five, six, seven hundred, a thousand, two thousand dollars on microphones. The microphones they use at KFGO, those are probably a thousand dollar microphones, right? I would guess so. At the very, I least. don't get to see that kind of paperwork, but I would imagine something like that, right? So you don't have to break the bank to get a really good sounding mic. I really like these. We've been using them all year long. They kick ass. Um, and as long as you can get them on something, this so you're is not, a library, Tucker. They what kick. This? But there you go. I forget that we're not just in our studio right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. We just let it fly sometimes whenever we want. Um, and then you know, pretty typical XLR cables. You've probably all seen those. Those are standard. These arms, I think, were about twenty bucks. All on Amazon. Everything came from Amazon. Um, the next thing that I've got up here is this little black box, and afterwards, feel free to come up and take a closer look at it. It's a Behringer UMC something. It's on the sheet. This is a four-input capture device, meaning I can record this episode, and all four of these microphones are recorded separately. So if I need to, if, if this person on this microphone is speaking too softly, or that person is speaking too loudly... I can change just them without having to change everything else. Um, that We did that because we knew that we would have guests or uh, multiple people in the room talking at the same time. If I had my druthers, we'd have an eight input, but that would be, if you had eight people in a podcast room, that'd be insane. Um, but yeah, so uh, they also make a two-channel input of this as well. So you can buy a cheaper version of this that gives you separate control, but even the little audio recorder that I've listed on that sheet, um, it, they're always two-track recorders, so you always have the ability to record each microphone separately. If you can introduce that functionality into your podcasting, that helps so much, so much, if you can isolate those, those separately. Um, and then yeah, it just runs into my computer. And then the last thing that, uh, that we're using is we're using Adobe Audition to record and edit. Uh, the reason we're using that is because I already have a Creative Cloud membership because I do video production and all sorts of other stuff. So I've already got this whole suite of things, but you don't need to use Audition. Audacity I've used in the past, fantastic software. Everything you need is right there as well. Um, and there are plenty of other, GarageBand is one that a lot of people use. So play around, see what, what you like, what you want to use. And then at the end of the day, then yeah, it's, it's uh, our process. We go in, we record a bunch of episodes. I take the recording home, um, and then I do an edit where I add in our intro music 
and I edit out any sort of slop at the beginning or end that where we're just talking, prepping the guest, get it all into space, throw a couple of filters on there, and export it and send it up to Libsyn. And and that's about it. Um, well, this wasn't easy for me because I was doing it all for the first time. Even though I'm a video guy and have used a lot of audio, I had to kind of learn a bunch of new stuff. But if you even have just go down that sheet and use the resources there, I mean, I think you'd be comfortable with a setup like this in maybe in, about a week's there's time. There's a YouTube video for everything oh, yeah. nowadays. If you're oh, asking yeah. yourself, how do I make it sound like I'm a ghost? Just search audacity, sound like a ghost. And there's somebody who's there like, hey, everyone, it's Tad. It's time for my <laughs> weekly audacity uh, tutorial. Um, and you would be just surprised at how many different things that we have found just by trial and error. Uh, those folks out there who already own like a microphone, how many of you have a USB microphone, like plugs right into a USB port, yeah, right? So uh, even the companies who make these devices know that podcasting is the wave of the future, which is why they're getting rid of the middleman, which is the box that Tucker has, uh, so that we can have four all independently. They made it so that you can immediately plug right into you know your uh, HP or your Dell or your MacBook and start recording right away with a microphone in your hand. And these mics have that functionality as well. So these don't just have the XLR in the bottom. They have a USB. So you could get rid of all this and just go from one of these using a USB into your computer. That's all you need to do as well. Mm-hmm. So and just get used to, you know, you put it to the side if you're going <laughs> to burp or something like that. Uh, the the logistics of just using a microphone in general are something that you're going to want to teach. You. If you choose to use a microphone, just teach yourself those basic skills. Uh, ice cream cone. <laughs> ice cream cone versus microphone. So uh, this is how you hold an ice cream cone, right? You know, like you know, it's delicious. Maybe you got two flavors on top of each other. But if I'm talking like this, my voice is actually going out. It's not going into. The, I realize I'm recording this onto our podcast. It's gonna sound like garbage. <laughs> you want to treat it uh, like a microphone, which means that you are talking into the top of it. Talking into the top is gonna make a big difference. When I'm talking to Tucker. If I turn and talk to Tucker like this, my voice is now not going there. So little things like that, people, you'd be surprised how people think, well, I'm going to talk with a real soft whisper because I'm so close to the microphone. It's so much easier to turn yourself up or turn yourself down than turn yourself up. So using a nice, like kind of booming voice is going to make a big difference and people are going to hear it on your recording. Uh, every now and then you'll hear someone on a podcast say, like, get a little closer to that microphone. And they go from being over here and kind of afraid to write up to that microphone. I know that we're bordering on flu season right now, and so if that's something that worries you, just bring a bleach wipe for the little, <laughs> the little microphone hood uh, before you look into it. Um, it is fine to do things like a mic check, too. We have guests every single week. Some of them have never been in front of a microphone before. And so we'll start by saying, could you just talk into the microphone for a little bit? And then we can coach them while they're doing that and then show them a little bit of the playback and let them listen and say, see, you're not just really talking loud enough. If you could talk a little bit louder, that would be great. Uh, and getting, getting that aspect together. So while we're telling you that you could just make a podcast today when you leave, remember that even things like standing into this hallway here is not going to sound nearly as good as if you're standing in a room where you're not going to have uh, an HVAC system uh, loud behind you. Or walls that are flat, flat surfaces, actually reverb sound back at you in a really poor way. That's why when you go into recording studios, they've got that foam on the wall, and the foam usually is And we've listed it on that shaped. sheet. 
we so, the ones that we use are listed on that sheet as well. Those are little things that you can do to improve it. Like I said, our friend Rebecca, who throws a blanket over her head and records her tutors podcast, uh, she does that because all of a sudden now that isn't that sound is trapped right next to where she is and it's not reverbing and bouncing back at her all the time. So, I think JJ. We've kind of run our mouths for a little bit. We have. Um, I think what we should do is open things up for questions and group discussion now. And so if you have a question, feel free to just queue up to one of these. The only requirement I have is that before you ask your question, you give us your name and a podcast that you like to listen to. Because I think a lot of us here could benefit from hearing what podcasts Mm -hmm. we're all listening to. And if you don't know one, just say JJ Meets World. Yeah. And uh, you'll really want to ice cream cone the microphone like this. If you eat my ice cream cones like this, like I do. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Eric. Uh, and one of my favorite podcasts is called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Yeah, it's a comedy advice podcast with three brothers. Hmm. It's very funny. Um, write that one down. And I have a couple of questions, starting with, uh, are your guests always in the studio with you? Or do you sometimes need to work on bringing in Skype calls or uh, another person's recording of their own side of the interview? And how does that affect your editing process? And then how do you measure success? What uh, kind of metrics do you have access to? And what are you looking for to determine if you're on the right track? I'll take the first part if you take I'll the second I'll take the part. second. So, so um, we haven't had, uh, we've done everything in studio so far. Our goal is to not stick to just the studio because... You know, all of our guests have been regional for the most part, except for Rich Summer from Mad Men. Yeah, Harry Crane from Mad Men was on our podcast, and he cried on it, which is just, oh, so good for ratings. Proud, proud Cobber alumni. Excellent, oh, yeah. Rich Summer. Episode number five. <laughs> um, uh, but what we want to do is we want to start being able to have guests on who are on all over the world. I mean, it, it seems silly to not be able to do that. Um, we haven't started doing that yet. The, the studio that we're at doesn't have the best internet connection. For us to really feel confident in doing that, but that's something we want to add in 2019, and um, we'll put some info out there once we kind of figured out what solution we want to use. But it uh, is pretty cut cut and dry, though. If you're adding a Skype uh, line into this uh, again, the YouTube tutorials I watched one recently. Skype totally understands that they're being used to make podcasts nonstop, <laughs> and so they've uh, found a great way to kind of integrate into podcasts, whether it's Audacity, even Adobe. Uh, has built-in little drivers that you can use for it that are really, really slick. And the only thing I think that you run into when I listen to something where they're interviewing somebody across a phone or Skype is that there's a little bit of lag from the question time to the answer time. And so if that's the case, I'd ask Tucker to go in and just take out some of those little blurbs there. When you look at your, when you look at those audio levels, you know where they pop up like this, uh, a breath looks like a little tiny nub. And so when I'm doing things at KFGO, you remove all the nubs out of there. So it's not like, welcome to Carpet World. It's a one-day sale. (laughs) Uh, And then you can do the same thing when you just see a flat line. You know that that's silence. And so if you can pop out those moments of silence, it's really, uh, really easy. So that would be my one thing is just make it as listener-friendly as possible. One approach that we took, too, as part of our strategy as well, and this was actually mostly because I didn't want to have to do too much crazy editing, is we really don't... Don't cut much out of our podcast at all. Like for our show, we don't go in and take out the gaps because gaps are part of the flow of conversation. So if you listen to Joe Rogan or Mark Marin or your mom's house or all sorts of these other long form conversational podcasts, 
they uh, the fighter and the kid. There's a bunch. They almost never cut out those spaces because you're not trying to make a commercial in 30 seconds where you have limited time. You have all the time in the world. You really, really do. And certainly the podcasts that we like to listen to where it's long-form conversation, the pauses are part of the flow of it. So it helps in that we I don't have to go in and take a bunch of edits out all the time. We basically lop off the, the front and the back and put yeah. it up. Yeah, you'll Sweet. hear us coughing all the time yeah. on it or when someone you know? has to leave and you hear the door slam behind <laughs> us. Uh, question number two, how do you measure success? We've got buttons. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, but uh, end of question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I included a little piece here, too, that, um, you know, to me, uh, on the little page with our, our logo at the top, at the bottom, I've got a little uh, a note about how uh, it, it was kind of tough when we're to episode 10 and we're getting excited because nine people downloaded an episode. And you realize you're putting in all this time and all this effort. Well, the beauty of a podcast, and because it's all these episodes are available whenever, somebody found our episode because of the Santa Land Diaries, they'll go back from episode 70 to episode one and start listening and listening and listening. Uh, we also had uh, what we thought was a gentleman from Great Britain who was listening to our podcast and sending us $2 bills through the mail to support us, and then found out 40 episodes later we were getting punked by somebody. Uh, <laughs> who told us on our show. Who told us on air. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Um, but uh, one, of the, one of the neat things is uh, we raise money for our, our studio. So we have a studio over at Apt. Uh, that the Kilborn group has. Uh, they, they used to be the old where you take your urinalysis test after you join the army. Hey, this is a uh, library, JJ. <laughs> I think urinalysis is way better than what you said. Uh, but uh, they took all of those exam rooms and they turned them into individual studio spaces. And so we rent a very tiny little room there uh, that's our permanent studio. And when we had people who started coming to us and telling us like, yeah, I listened to this episode or I heard this, I was in Bismarck two weeks ago, and someone goes, hey, 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 I, I, I heard the episode that you did where you didn't like the show DuckTales. <laughs> and that was the moment where I was like, oh, we made it. <laughs> if someone knows my personal opinion about DuckTales, that is just top notch. Talk about um, being offensive. Yeah, 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 right. It was the new right. DuckTales, the new one. Oh. I love the old one. I was really crapping on the new DuckTales. Um, so... To to me, it, it was great. You know, we get an episode that's downloaded three thousand times uh, in forty states and thirty different countries. That's awesome. But my favorite thing has been the reviews that we've had from complete and total strangers. Uh, somebody reviewed our podcast and said, "This is exactly the kind of conversations we used to have in my dorm." Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that we took we that person felt. Uh, a kinship to this podcast and I've never talked to him personally and he's never talked to me but we've got this relationship now where I'm a part of his commute to work every day or I was a part of a road trip he and his girlfriend took uh, to Sheboygan whatever it happens to be um, I feel the same way about some of my favorite podcasts like Stephen Tobolowski and the Tobolowski Files uh, if you guys ever saw the movie Groundhog Day, Stephen Tobolowski is the insurance salesman who approaches him on the street. He's a character actor. Uh, just amazing. And his podcasts are all stories from his life. And so he'll spend an hour and a half in two separate segments talking about 
the the animals in his house and how they're all smarter than he is, and then what it was like to work with Bill Murray and Groundhog Day. The, the the podcast is amazing. It'll bring a tear to your eye. It'll get you laughing. It'll make you think a little bit. But I felt like I had this relationship with Stephen Tobolowski for years. <laughs> And then when I finally met him, because he came to Fargo uh, just last year, I was like, hey, remember when you said this and you did that? Remember when you said that? And I was doing this. And he looked at me like, it was like, okay, I get this. I get this a lot. <laughs> you know, you're more than a fan. You feel like we've got a relationship. So <laughs> uh, so I love getting stuff. Uh, I love getting stuff like that. That's why I feel like I'm a part of a fabric of somebody's life. And that means more to me than a million dollars for good fellow pants only available at Target. <laughs> I'm really hoping they'll sponsor us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Dad. This is Tucker's dad. He has not reviewed our podcast yet. I don't know if he's listened to it yet, but that's yeah, okay. Just the worst part about being Tucker's dad is he used to be my son. And then once he became talented, now I'm Tucker's dad. No one, no one ever says the other way. F yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, I... The one I've listened to is Stephen Tobolowski because of you that I listen to, and it's awesome. Um, tell you the truth, the reason why I haven't gone to yours is I don't know how to get there because I'm such a neophyte. The only reason why I knew yours was because you showed me and you did it. So I'm here one for some reason. How do I get to one is what I'm trying to figure out. And then I got two other questions. So, uh, well, first off, if you want to find JJ Meets World, you can go to jjmeetsworld.com. Uh, another nice thing about Libsyn is that with them, you can set up a website that it populates all your episodes on as well. So if someone doesn't use iTunes and Spotify and all the other things I listed, you can just send them to your website and it's all listed right there and they can play it right there in their web browser. Um, as- I am, I'm, I'm an iPhone user and so I don't know how to do this on an Android, but uh, iPhone actually has an app built in so when you get a new phone, it's on there automatically. It is a purple app that says podcast. It looks kind of like a little Jesus with a halo around it. But if you open that up, uh, you can search right in there and find podcasts. It'll also suggest podcasts based on other ones that you listen to and that you like. The podcast world relies on ratings. So when you listen to a podcast that you like, giving them a five-star rating is not only good for them, but it also helps these apps tell you, hey, here's another piece of content that 20 other people who also rated this highly also enjoyed. Okay, the other uh, quick questions. Um, Is it better to have two people so that you can be watching the monitors and stuff to keep these working better? Or is it just as good if someone does it by themselves and then goes back to maybe edit it better? It's really, either, either or, I think. It's really just what you are comfortable with. Okay. So if you are comfortable with talking into a microphone and watching, watching that, then uh, then go for it. And if not, it works out for us. You know, JJ is a force of nature compared to me. I mean, he's just got this like driving energy. So I thought I want you to be the Joe Rogan and I'll be the Jamie who's running the computer over here. But it doesn't have to yeah. be. But you do talk sometimes during the show, like you know, it's yep. not just, you're just not doing sound. Yep, you're also having part of the conversation. For the most part, I mean, I'm not really unless someone starts hitting like a tambourine right here. <laughs> I'm not really okay. too worried about it blowing anything out. Okay. So. All right. And then the last question with editing, because that's the part, you know, you said you want to do as little as possible. Um, what for a regular show, how much time would you spend editing after the show's done? For JJ Meets World specifically? Yes, just so, for that. Uh, I mean, technically, at least the length of the podcast, because I listen to it all the way through okay. every time. 
So if a podcast is an hour long, I'm probably putting in about an hour and a half okay. minimum on each show, but it doesn't have to be. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Can I just piggyback off oh. that last question? Yeah. Yes, piggyback away. So along with that, how do you, uh, what are you doing during the recording process to set yourself up for as little editing after mm. the fact as possible? What are you keeping in mind during the process and what are you setting up beforehand? So the question is, how, what are we doing in the process to record? Um, the, I think the two biggest things are controlling the noise in your environment and then doing something to the walls so to, to lessen that reverb. So we're in a room that's fairly small, and if I'm speaking and JJ's across the table from me, and my part of my voice is going past him, bouncing off the wall and coming back and getting into his microphone as well. So uh, any room you have, uh, any sort of like foam or anything you can put on the walls to kind of dampen the sound a bit, to dampen that reverb will help a lot, and you'll have to kind of experiment with what works in your room. Before we had the studio that we're in now, we were in this larger room that was so large we weren't having an issue with reverb and we didn't have to do anything for the walls. Um, then the other thing is just, uh, uh, it's just trying to record in a room that's as quiet as possible. So if you're in a room with an air conditioner running, the microphones are gonna pick up the sound of the air conditioner and that's gonna be really, really hard to remove. Um, y you, you can do it, but I don't want to. Right, that's that's a pain yeah. in the butt. Un unplug your mini fridge before you start yeah. recording, and then just yeah. pop it back in afterwards. Right. The sound of the furnace right. Yeah. Right. Right. I think we're okay just because we're far enough away from it. Um, but uh, th that's sort of the biggest thing is if you can control your environment so that you're not getting all this noise that you don't want, that lessens the amount of editing that you have to do. And you can go ahead and move that down for you. There you go. My name is Simone, and the, one of the podcasts that I listened to is Wow in the World. And my question is, what are you watching on your computer when you're doing the podcast? You want to take a look? Yeah. So anyone who wants to can come out uh, back here afterwards and take a look as well. But these are the four tracks of each microphone. So that's JJ's microphone, mine, and then the other two. And I'm basically just kind of looking and seeing that it's picking up my voice. And I just let it kind of watch, and that's how I know that it's recording. And it'll be kind of different depending on what setup you use. If you're not using a computer, if you're using a little recorder, you'll have probably audio levels on the recorder that will show you that you're getting a good audio level. And basically, you just want to maintain uh, keeping an eye out for something like that so that you know you're recording well. I'm kind of doing a, a naughty thing and not listening this way as well. Uh, a lot of audio files will do will listen to it constantly, but we're in a, a setup that we don't typically have to do that. So anything you can do to kind of monitor what you're doing so that you know nothing's getting garbled, that's it. Can you tell me too in, in that microphone, uh, the, the name of that podcast again and what that podcast is about? Um, it's Wow in the World. It's like a, a podcast for kids and it's about like different things that are wow in the world. Okay. Basically. So are you thinking about getting into podcasting? I don't know. I think you should. Maybe. It's awesome. I guess so. Even if you're just I like, eh, I thought the Spider-Man movie was okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'd listen to that podcast. <laughs> I'm asking you to please make that podcast so I can listen to it. <laughs> Thanks for your question. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, hi, my name is uh, Nick. I uh, listen to a lot of podcasts by NPR, like uh, Code Switch, Planet Money, that stuff. Um, I've heard it said that... Uh, 
uh, hey, let's start a podcast as this generation's, hey, let's start a band. Um, uh, so I'm just looking into uh, maybe starting a podcast in a kind of crowded market. So like talking about music or art or filmmaking. Um, and there's already so many podcasts that are good and popular. How do you, um, yeah, how do you do something unique? Yeah, how do you do something unique, original, um, yeah, without retreading the same ground? That's an awesome question. Uh, first and foremost, you're going to retread some of the same grounds as everyone else does. Uh, when we started, Tucker said, I don't want to be just another podcast where people talk about movies the whole time. Uh, yeah, so we haven't done too many that are like that. Oh, and it's so hard because it's my favorite <laughs> thing in the world. Um, so that was why we chose to interview people whose stories really aren't being shared right now. Uh, you know, the Undertaker episode that we did uh, was interesting because it's something that a lot of people know that that's a career but don't really know the ins and outs of it. And then to find out that, you know, he has played violin at so many of these funerals uh, and he creates these long-lasting relationships with people only after a loved one of theirs has died uh, becomes something that's really engaging. And there's not a lot of other people out there who have that particular interview. Now, you could do a whole podcast on being an undertaker and probably find a niche audience out there. And as long as you're doing something better than the other podcast that's trying to do that same thing out there, whether that means upping the quality, uh, researching your questions a little bit deeper, or just putting out a wider net for who you're interviewing, it can make a really big difference. Um, I agree that everybody and their brother these days seem to have a podcast or at least an idea for a podcast. Um, some of the things I do when I'm looking for content is I search on uh, podcast pages for a particular piece of content that I'd like to listen to. And if it only returns zero, one, two, or three responses, I know, okay, this is something that maybe there's another JJ out there in the world who'd like to hear it. Um, I'm already prepping one for next December on Rankin and Bass, which are the people who did the stop motion like Rudolph movies. I only found one podcast about that, and it barely touches on the history of it. There's got to be at least one other weirdo out there whose holiday didn't begin until he watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer right. who would like to hear a deep dive into the history <laughs> of this company. Um, so we look for that a lot. Uh, we also have our guests uh, bring that thing towards us. Uh, uh, we, uh, uh, what number was Erica? What episode? Episode 80 uh, is an interview with a woman whose profession is arranging fake flowers. And sure, that's the, that's the thing that we put in the description, but we go all over the place in that episode. Talk about DuckTales. That's, where I, that's <laughs> the episode I crap on the new DuckTales. Uh, so there's a lot of great things that you can find. Ours is, is local in the fact that we're grabbing people from the Fargo-Moorhead area and we will reference the Fargo-Moorhead area, but you can listen to it anywhere and get something out of it. Um, so does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I'd like to add to that too. So finding a niche is great, but make sure that whatever you're podcasting about is something that you're passionate about. I don't think there are many podcasts out there about VCR repair, right? So yeah, I'm that's writing a, that one down. That's a niche. That's a, you know, you that's an unserved niche that you could get into. But I don't care about that. So why would I be making a podcast about that? Um, if you, you know, we do this ultimately because we love doing it and it's fun. We hope we can build a massive audience and maybe do something like this for a living one day. That'd be great. But the thing that keeps us going is that we have a passion for doing it, and that shows through. Have you ever gone to like a a play 
or a concert or even watched a movie and you just like the performers are not having fun and you can tell. You can tell. If you listen to a podcast where someone isn't passionate about what they're talking about, no one tunes into it. So ultimately, if you want to build an audience, and it doesn't need to be a massive audience either, you know, uh, picture, you know, if you can build an audience of 100 people who download your episode, think of 100 people in a room, that's a pretty cool audience right there, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll, they'll be an ambassador for you if you're passionate about your subject and if you're consistent. So if you are saying, this is a huge thing actually, we should mention this too, we have not missed a podcast post-date since we launched last April. All right, we're putting out two a week. There's a reason for that. Our audience knows every Monday and every Thursday there will be a new episode of JJ Meets World. If you have a show and then you take a break, you're going to lose audience members really, really quick because they're going to go, they're not doing this anymore. They're going to tune out. So if you can do something passionately and consistently, you'll build an audience. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Let us know what the name of your podcast is, Nick. Hello. Hi. Yeah, you can go ahead and adjust it again. Hi, I'm Carrie. Nice uh, to Carrie. I really like to listen to Thrilling Adventure Hour. Which, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ooh. It's it, stories in the theme of old-timey radio, like Sparks, Nevada, Marshall on Mars. <laughs> um, that really busts my bonnet. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, so what I'm curious about is the best way to build an audience and the sort of ramp-up time that people should expect so that they don't get discouraged if, you know, obviously it's not going to be immediately popular. So, I mean, you could do something to make it immediately popular by staging some kind of giant massive stunt. <laughs> I don't recommend that. But short of that. Yeah, short of yeah. that. Uh, it's a, it, podcasting is a slow build, but you need that one episode, and there's a tipping, it's a tipping point episode. Mm -hmm. uh, for us, I think we were about 29 episodes in before we hit in Undertaking, with, which is the one that we did with the, the our Undertaker episode was the tipping point for us, <laughs> where all of a sudden we are having hundreds of people download the episode and then they went back and found previous episodes and then that episode kind of became our ambassador and got more people talking and thinking about it as we went on um and so we we just got we got lucky and i think a lot of other people get lucky with their podcasts when you think of the serial podcast when that first started they didn't know it was going to be this giant phenomenal success they thought they were mm -hmm. telling a true crime story of you know was justice actually served and it became something that just grabbed people, and all of a sudden, Time and Newsweek are writing articles about uh, this and then what the follow-up is. I would hate to have something that's a massively successful podcast, because then the only question you get is, what's next? Oh, yeah, I'd hate that. That'd be awful, It'd be Jay awful. Day. It'd be awful. <laughs> oh, thank God we're oh. not massively successful. It'd be, like, it'd be like the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. Um, so uh, for us, it's just been kind of this slow build and finding that audience and, and pushing it further and further out there. Um, also, I don't want to forget this, too. So on January 1st, 2019, a massive thing happened, and uh, tens of thousands of pieces of music and literature and movies were added to the public domain in one of the largest additions into the public domain ever. Uh, so you can find things like music recordings that are now available or books. So if your podcast is just you reading a chapter of a book, uh, you can actually read a book in the public domain, upload it, and boom, there's your podcast. You don't have to pay royalty rights to anybody. It's free for copyright. So there's great music that you can add on. Don't think that you have to get a hold of a band and have them compose something. And 
Find that. Uh, if you search uh, public domain, the Duke uh, University School of Law has the Center for the Study of the Public Domain, and they are one of the best resources out there to find out if a particular recording is in the public domain now, and that'll, that, that'll go light years for you to be able to add music to your podcasts or adding particular uh, clips from interviews, things like that. Of course, most of the stuff is from 1938, so be prepared <laughs> for a little bit of tinniness. It's perfect for the thrilling adventure hour type uh, mm-hmm. operation. Um, to, to also for building an audience, mm-hmm. and I mean, we're still trying to figure out the best way for us to do it too, but it's like anything. It's like, how do you get something in front of people? Mm-hmm. Right now, we don't have a budget for advertising. So, you know, we're on Facebook and we tag things as best as we can so that, you know, the metadata from Google tries to pick stuff up. And Libsyn helps with that a bit. But uh, some of our biggest spikes were when Chelsea Ewan did the story on us in the forum. Mm-hmm. And that and that night, like, we massive spike. And then with every spike and it comes back down and then you retain some of that audience. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, it comes down to if you know who your audience is... Mm-hmm then ask yourself, what do I need to do to get out in front of them? What do I need to do to get their attention? Some people just go on Reddit and post and come listen to my mm-hmm. download there. Some people pay for advertising. Um, what, what, one thing that helps us is that because we have a new guest on every show, mm-hmm. every guest that we have on brings their own audience with them. So, mm-hmm. you know, Rich Summer, when he came on, people tuned in to our show because they wanted to hear Rich Summer, right? right? And we retained a few of those people. So we're always going, who are people with new audiences to bring to us? And sometimes it's just a friend of ours and it's their friends and family. Mm-hmm. One of our most listened to downloads is our friend Phil Goodell. And that's because he went and he sent it out to every friend and family member he could think of, right? And he got it mm-hmm. out in front of people. So He tells c- an amazing story about why Neil Diamond ended his marriage. It is top notch. <laughs> yeah. So be consistent with your content so they know it's going to be there and then mm-hmm. find ways that just get out in front of the people that you think will listen. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. We thought about renting a single billboard, like a digital billboard, so it would get flashed once. But like, I'm hoping that, like, okay, one, two, three, four. I hope we have 27 new listeners at the end of this uh, <laughs> course. Hello. Hello, I'm Lindsay Haugen. Um, it's been a while since I've listened to it, but America's Test Kitchen has always oh, had a, yeah. has a, a really good podcast. So, um, well, my, well, I have a couple questions. My my first question ties into I think what you kind of just brought up. So, do you recommend going out and getting as many social media ta- like handles as possible, like JJ Meets World at Twitter and Instagram, to try and get your word out there that way? To kind of once you become huge, you can you can use right. that. You might advantage. as well if you're going to create it. You might as well grab it and sit on it before somebody else does and then charge you $10,000 once you spike and then you're right. ultra famous and then you have to have the real JJ Meets World Instagram account. Gotcha. We have all those accounts and actually that's one of the things that we do really poorly is that we're good at updating our Facebook account. We haven't been good at Instagram and Twitter because we're actually, you know, we're actually kind of at capacity with the things we're doing already. But yeah, I mean, so many people find new content because of what gets shared on social media. And especially if you're on social media, that allows your audience to share your content with their followers. So if you can do it. And I, I'm sorry, this is an ignorant uh, podcast question. No such thing. <laughs> we'll give you an ignorant podcast answer, don't worry. But do you see, you know, the visual media, uh, you know, pushing its way into the podcast, like, you know, vlogging, that sort of thing. Do you see that it, you know, working its way and taking away from the podcast audience or is that completely separate? 
situations. Podcasting to me is something I do when I'm multitasking in some way. So when I'm commuting to work in the morning is when I like to listen to podcasts. When I'm out in the yard gardening is when I like to listen to podcasts. When I'm cleaning my office, that's when I listen to a podcast. And so uh, I think that people people want that particular just audio-based side where you don't have to necessarily watch something along with it. That being said, those people who are vlogging, those people who are adding uh, the visual element to it are surely finding an audience. I listen to a, a podcast called Defunct Land, which is about rides in Disney World that they've shut down or never put put like actually put up. And that guy started just as a podcast. Well, now he has a YouTube page where he just takes that audio and then he adds the images and some background video of what these things are. Well, I could never think about not watching those videos now when I actually get to see some of the pieces he's talking about. So I would say there's a, there's a place for it, but n- no one's ever going to give up on just the straight up audio. People are going to love that for a long, long time. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Hi, I'm Claudette. Hello, Claudette. Hello. One of my favorite podcasts is Ear Hustle, which oh, yeah, is yeah, recorded yeah. inside San Quentin because mm-hmm. I've done a lot of work in prisons. And he and he just got paroled he did. too. Yeah. yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah. If you if you're not familiar familiar with Ear Hustle, this gentleman recorded a podcast. Earl he had a pro- Williams. Yeah, he had a, 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 a producer outside. Yeah. And then he recorded, and it's about prison life. Sometimes you'll laugh. Sometimes you'll be horrified. Sometimes you'll have a tear in your eye. And he was just paroled, and he has a full-time job now working for Ear Hustle. So he actually created his own job that caused his parole. It's wow. a, yeah. it, 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 it is honestly, it shows you the power of podcasting, because if this hadn't been a part of his life, I don't think that he would have been paroled at that time. I don't either. Um. Erlon Williams, but all you need to know is Ear Hustle. Uh, I have two questions for you. The foam devices that you put up to help control the bouncing noise, if you do that in your house, does it permanently damage your wall or can you take them down? It's really however you want to put it up. Um, There's no special way to put it up that makes it better than any other way. Just the fact that it's up. So a lot of people will just use like poster putty to put something up. What we did, because I, it was in a fixed space that we wanted, I took the, the tiles and I glued them onto cardboard and then I nailed the cardboard to the wall. But you don't have to do that. Okay. It's really just whatever you want to do to put up. Some people don't even do that. Some people will drape curtain around the room because it's soft and it's wavy and it breaks up the sound. So you don't have to add something permanently to your wall to do that. Okay, thank you. Yep. My second question is, I've talked about this for years with a colleague who lives in another part of the country. So I'm not interested in having interviews of people at a distance, but we're interested in being a pair, working on it. And I know that for years there are two sisters that have podcast mm-hmm. from very different parts of the country. Did, can you tell me anything about equipment for that? So there's a great podcast, first of all, that records that way called Judge John Hodgman. If anyone hasn't heard that one before, that one's pretty sweet. So John Hodgman is a comedian and writer. And his producer, I think one is in New York and the other is in L.A. And they record podcasts together all the time. Um, And his format is great because they have people call in and and say, you know, my wife and I are are in disagreement over um, how empty you should let the ketchup bottle get before it's time to replace it, right? Judge John Hodgman, can you please give us a ruling on this? And then they would have those people call in, so they could be in Kansas calling in to the producer studio in New York, and John Hodgman is out in LA. Um, 
we haven't done anything like that quite yet, so I can't really recommend software. I, I, I might be misremembering the name of it. I want to say it's, it's not Zencaster. It's something else. There's a piece of software out there that we're probably going to be using that records locally to each person's setup. So if you were the guest for my show and I wanted you to call in from New York, I would email you a link. You would click the link and you would start talking to me. Your computer would record your voice on here and send it to me automatically. And then I could sync them back up versus recording the sound of you coming through a phone on my end. So there are a lot of options out there. We just haven't used them yet. So I really can't recommend one yet. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and again, you know, email us at JJ Meets World Podcast and, and I'll get back to you with, with what that is. That's another beautiful thing about this is that because it's just voice, yeah, you don't have to be in the same room. You know, you can be having full conversations. Uh, Sam Harris, the Waking Up Podcast, is every episode is an interview and he's almost never in the room with that person. They're calling from all over the world. So. You don't even have to wear pants if you don't want to with podcasting. We usually don't, and yeah. it's weird for our guests. Because uh-huh. we're in a public space all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, podcasting is awesome. Uh, if you enjoy podcasts, so this is like part one of the library's podcast uh, thing they've got going on. Uh, Tuesday, January 22nd, 6.30, right here at the main library. It's like a podcast love-a-thon. You get to come and talk about your favorite podcast. You get to tell the other people about a great podcast. Um, you know, we've had several people out here who've said, like, okay, well, how do you build up an audience? If we can convince you to tell five friends about our podcast, it's going to go a lot farther than, farther than us putting $100 into a Facebook ad because that word of mouth is so, so, so strong. It is so amazing. Um, and so this is a great opportunity for you guys. There's, a, there's flyers up there. If you didn't grab one, grab it. Um, it's, uh, you, you're a guest on JJ Meets World now, so technically you should go and evangelize for <laughs> JJ Meets World, uh, the podcast you were on recently. Right. Yeah. Uh, this will be on probably Monday. Yeah, this will be next Monday. Um, I'd like to ask a question. Who here in the room is already producing a podcast? Yeah. Come back up here and tell us about your podcast, man. <laughs> By the way, your beard is awesome. I'm kind of uh, envious. I'm going to ask my girlfriend if it's cool for me to grow it that long. I think she's <laughs> going to say it's no. no. That's no. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wait on that if what, I were you. What was your name again? Eric. Eric. Yep. And I, I uh, as you might have guessed from my plug earlier, I work for Concordia in the marketing office there. Cool. And one of the things that we're working on is uh, using podcasts to reach different audiences. So currently, I don't know if I'd really call it a podcast, but we're doing recorded interviews with some of our administrators as okay. a way to uh, get news about internal uh, stuff out to campus. So maybe once every couple of weeks, we'll sit down with our VP of enrollment and marketing and he'll give a brief it's not usually so brief with him, but he'll give a summary of what's going on on campus and then we'll release it out and uh, push it out to our internal audience. But we're more interested or I'm more interested and telling the stories of our alumni uh, through podcasts, right? Absolutely. Reaching out to the people we know are doing really cool stuff uh, and letting them tell us about it. So I think you're bringing up a really nice point and idea is that um, some people like us get into podcasting for the sake of podcasting. Um, other people get into podcasting as sort of a brand deepening or brand broadening of their business or organization. So there are a lot of business-to-business podcasts out there 
um, where it could be like a podcast about insurance and people who work in insurance will listen to it. And then that company that's producing that podcast gets known as an expert on insurance in their field. Um, what you're talking about, Concordia putting these podcasts out, especially the idea of the stories of the alumni. I mean, that what is... What a recruitment tool, that, Yeah, right? it's a recruitment tool for Concordia. I mean, that's an amazing, amazing way to, way to go about it. And it's low cost mm -hmm. and it's easy to get into. So it's not just about having a show just so you can have a show like we do. I mean... You can apply podcasts to all sorts of things. One of the podcasts that I listen to is about five minutes long, and it's a You Need a Budget podcast. I use budgeting software called You Need a Budget, and once a week, the creator of You Need a Budget, Jesse Meacham, does a five-minute podcast where he just talks about, hey, today I'm going to talk about spending habits, or I'm going to talk about using your credit card in, in our software. And the reason he produces his podcast is to strengthen the value of his product. So his podcast is for free. It doesn't cost anything to get to it, and he probably gets a lot of people introduced to his software because he puts that podcast out. So that's another thing you can keep in mind. You know, like you're talking about having a podcast that that sort of you know drives people to something or gets people focused on something. Like that's really powerful, and I think podcasting is a great medium to do that with. So it's, where do we find your podcast? And just go to Concordia's website or become an instructor or. Right now, yeah, right. Right now, all we have is the internal stuff, which isn't available to the public. Got once it. we, we once know David Winterstein, so we'll get Greg Carlson our way. I'm gonna call Greg Carlson up and be like, "Hook me up, man." Greg's fantastic. He's actually uh, the space we're recording in is his space. Got it. And Greg is actually the most appeared guest on JJ Meets World. Oh, I think he's had four appearances so far. Yep. And I realized I was working with such a local celebrity this whole oh, time. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> he's huge. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, once we launch with our externally facing uh, podcast it'll be available all over the place Got it. but you know, I'll ask a leading question for you you work with a lot of young people who are getting into the world of marketing and uh, are they excited about podcasts yeah I mean even just in our office we have a pretty young staff and almost all of them are listening to podcasts on pretty much a daily basis and it ranges it's a huge range right for myself I primarily listen to podcasts for entertainment. I only have a couple that I go to for like news and current events, but you know, several of my friends, that's really all they listen to is a lot of, a lot of news they get. That's how they know what's going on in the world. I listen to a podcast where a guy <laughs> reads a trivial pursuit card once a week <laughs> and goes, well, you know, I think the answer to this might be Yogi Berra, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure. And he'll talk for 10 minutes about what he thinks the answers might be until he flips it over and he goes, oh, no, it's, it's uh, Hank Aaron. <laughs> and uh, he's got something like 150,000 weekly listeners. <laughs> so it just goes to show you that whatever your idea is, it, d trust it. Just go out there and do it. It's, uh, it. it's the doing that's the most important part. Like, go out there, create it, and get it done. Don't just sit there and talk about it and this time next year be like, hey, remember when I had that great idea for a grilled cheese podcast where I'd review grilled cheese sandwiches? Uh, get out there and Don't make give away all of our ideas, JJ. <laughs> I know, right? God. Oh, man. That's kind of like um, our pancakes one. Yeah. We've, oh, and even so, and even like our next step 
is doing this live show, but we also want to do an episode that takes place only during brunch, and we also have an episode that takes place after the bar close, where we get people from the bar and bring them over to <laughs> yeah. our studio, yeah. and uh, have another late night nightcap. We're, we're also planning on finding out who has the best pancakes in town, so we're going to go to like five different places and record ourselves eating pancakes. Yeah, We're not going to ask for permission either. And that's, we're just for, do it. that's for you, the public. That's a service we are providing. I'm going to put Lori on the spot here. If, if the Fargo Public Library had a regular podcast, how many of you would, would listen to it? I would listen to yeah, it. Yeah, I would. All right, so you, sh- you should get on making a podcast, Lori, and also tell Dean I really want him to have a podcast because Fargo's record Santa needs to tell us weekly what kind of records we should be listening to. Um, I, you know, we're, we've gone a little bit over our time, although I don't think we're getting kicked out anytime soon, but uh, if anyone else has any questions, please come on up and uh, we'll do them. Come on right up here, sir. How's it going? Fine. Uh, my name is Will. Go talk uh, right at the end. Right, right there. Hi. There you go. Uh, what do you think about M4B files, like for, for audiobooks? It's similar to uh, iTunes files. I've noticed when you throw the iTunes ones in the trash, they turn to MP3 files. Right. So. Right. This um, is a so question for do Tucker. You, do you think they're... Pretty efficient, or, or what's the cost? What do you think of them? Um, I don't, I don't. M4V files is what he's asking about. It's a, it's a. Is it Apple proprietary? I'm trying to remember if it is or not. Um, it's 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 not Apple proprietary. Okay. Um, it's is it a? It's a lossy compression format, though, right? Uh, it's an audio format that was made originally for video. That's right. Oh yeah. That's right. Um, I don't mess with F4V because. The, it's the the industry standard is still MP3, and that's because because you're dealing with voice. It's not like a layered musical uh, where you need to to make sure you keep all that information. There's not a lot of data there. So like Libsyn, it's it's basically MP3 um, uploads for the most part, and we just kind of stick to that because they're pretty universally used. Ultimately, though, I would wager that it probably doesn't matter what format you uh, master in because it's going to get downloaded as an MP3 by whatever system you're going through, I believe. Um, some iTunes stuff will go through M4V, but as far as the technical specs of it, when I listen to M4V next to MP3 next to Wave, I hear almost no difference. So uh, maybe a more technically minded person than me could give you a better answer than that, but I'd say I wouldn't worry too much about the format that you're using at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, sir. Hi, Sherry again. Is this going to be as technical of a question? I hope so. Pull that microphone <laughs> right up next to you. Okay. Oh, with the arm. There you go. How's that? That's great. Thank you. Okay. Um, I have a bunch of musician friends that have sent me their music on um, the MP3s. Is there a way I can incorporate those into my podcast and if so how as long as you have their permission yeah you know then yeah um audacity or audition or any of the software there that they teach you how to yep yep i mean it's uh basically if it's audio it can go in there um if it's a song that's an mp3 or it's a voice that's mp3 it's an mp3 so it can go into the software and you'll it's called multi-tracking so 
the your your dialogue will be one track and then your music will be another track and so you can click and drag that music and you say like okay well listen i want to start with only music for the first 20 seconds and then i want to start my audio you'll see them kind of overlap a little bit like that and so you can drag them apart they really audio nowadays they have made so easy to be able to look at uh, i think uh, uh, Tucker, if we had a hundred microphones, they could have a hundred separate tracks all recording at the same time, um, and then he can choose to squish it all into just one, or he can leave them at that one hundred separate. Come on up. How's it going today or tonight? You can Good. go ahead and pull that back down if you want. There you go. Good. My name is Laverne, and um, one of the podcasts that I listen to is The Nod. I get my um, podcast from Radio Public or Public Radio, okay. whatever. What's the nod about? Um, it's two black people, a guy and a girl, and they just talk about all things black. Okay. And one of the things I love about it is they have this section called, is it good for the blacks? And so they'll have like Don Lemon. Is the new lemon oh. good for the blacks or is he bad for the blacks? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so then they'll go through and then they'll have a little competition and then at the end they'll be like, Good for the blacks or gotcha. no, bad for the blacks. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so it's just funny. Um, so I came tonight because I I don't have any ideas for podcasts, but I would like to do something with my daughter. Oh, cool. And um, the place that we have the most conversation is in the car. But I wouldn't have the first clue about how to do this. Gotcha. In the car. So uh, the car is actually a really great place to record audio um, because you're encapsulated in as long as the windows are up. It cuts out a lot of the sound outside of you. And actually, in the video world, it's sort of like a cheap trick if you need to get some, someone saying something in the field and you don't have anywhere to go, get inside of a car and then record it in there. Um, you know, you could do something as simple as taking your phone and, and setting it on record and setting it between the two of you if she's sitting up front with you. And you could just be having the conversation like this and you could be picking it up Without a mic? Uh, well, using the microphone on the on the phone. Oh, I see. Using the phone as the recorder. Um, okay. If you wanted to do it with a microphone, um, so you'd, you'd want to get the recorder that we have listed on that sheet. That's a nice little one. Or they've got tons of them on Amazon. Um, but they've got little handheld recorders that you just press a button and the microphones are built into it. Mm -hmm. And then you just set it between the two of you. And because you're in this car, which has got close walls, your voice is bouncing off mm -hmm. of the windshield and off of the doors and getting into the microphone. So I'd say that's probably the, the easiest way to do it. I think the nice thing with your phone is that, and though I haven't used any of them yet, there are a bunch of free apps. Voice Record Pro is the one I recommend. Uh, it's a great app. We actually use it for KFGO. It's a free app, so you don't have to pay anything for it. Uh, it actually even gives you one of those little, like, little needles so you can see like how much your voice is coming in uh and so you can know if i'm being too loud it's in the red there but if i'm not it's a sweet little app and then so when you hear someone be like hey i'm coming to you live right now for borrowed bucks it is a great time out here they're uh gone are the days of where they bring a giant unit they're actually just recording that with their phone like this back and forth and then sending it back to the studio via email and so after you record that piece with your daughter, you can send it to yourself via email if you wanted, mm -hmm. and then sit down at a computer and you could change and sweeten the audio if you wanted. Or you can literally just upload it right there 
to, to whatever uh, system you'd like. You can even take okay. it a step further. There are apps on the store that are specifically for podcasting that you can record it and then press upload and it just does everything else for you. Oh, okay. Like there are people uh, uh, who just, yeah, I don't want to do any editing and I don't want to have to mess with all that. I just want to record us talking and have it up immediately. There are apps for that that I believe are free. Okay. So all dig right. around, see what works, and then you'll have to just kind of experiment with a bit. Yeah, get um, started. Yeah. Yeah. That's my problem. I'm a procrastinator. So. <laughs> hey, so are we. We talked about podcasting for two years before we actually started doing it. Right. Right. Um, also, a quick shout out. There's another podcast that's made locally called uh, Fargo Talks Fargo. It's a couple of guys from Fargo who talk about the television show Fargo. So after an episode airs, they'll break down the episode. It is wildly entertaining. And we had Bill Lempe on our show yeah. to talk about it. And uh, do, who else? Oh, no, we haven't had Matt Charpentier. Matt Charpentier, we haven't yet. had him yet. but We will one day. My current favorite podcast is one called Your Mom's House. Um, it is not library-appropriate humor. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Uh, husband and wife stand-up comedians Tom Segura and Christina Pajitsky. Yep. Pajitsky. Um, I think they do it once a week. It's like a two to three hour podcast where they just hang out. They bring in other stand-up comedian friends and other guests. And it's the goofiest, um, raunchiest podcast you'll find out there. And what they do a lot of is they, people send in videos of just weird people. And it's both a podcast and video as well. So they, they have a really good show. I like them a lot. That was another question I have as a neophyte. If I'm listening to your podcast and I get 20 minutes in and I have to do something, when I go back to listen to it again, am I able to find that spot right away or do I have to listen again till I get there? Almost all software saves your spot for you. So I use Overcast to listen to podcasts. And yeah, anytime I stop it, it just picks up right back where it was. So As you guys go forward and start listening to JJ Meets World, jjmeetsworld.com. Uh, we we reward our listeners by listening to all the way to the end with an Easter egg in every episode, and it's amazing how many people stop listening during the credits roll of a podcast. <laughs> and so, if you look at someone's podcast history, it's you've listened to forty two of forty three minutes, forty two of forty three minutes, forty two of forty three minutes, and they never actually finish the episode. They just get to the point where they go, "Oh, that's the credits, so I'll just move on to the next thing." So, listen to the credits; they're fun. You never know what you're gonna hit. Well, I think we're going to end it today, but otherwise we're a resource for you anytime you want. Reach out to us at Facebook or Gmail, jjmitsworld.com. You can come up here too and take a look at this gear. Thanks for coming, everybody. And thanks for the library for hosting us. Yeah. January 22nd is Podcast Love Fest. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode of JJ Meets World and would like to help us continue to produce two new episodes every week, you can donate to our Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash JJ Meets World and donate today. Even as little as a dollar a month can go a long way. Visit our website at www.jjmeetsworld.com or hit up our social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram all the sites the kids are using these days. If you'd like to stay up to date on new episodes of JJ Meets World, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever you consume the podcast that you love. JJ Meets World is produced every week by Tucker Lucas. You can find out more about Tucker's work by checking out www.moonbasemaria.com. If you want to get in touch with your host with the most, go to linebenders.com, and you can find direct contact info for JJ. I, uh want competition to be fierce 
but I don't want people to come up to me in the streets and try and poison me. That's happened too many times, and I'm sick and tired of it. And no, I do not want your scone. Dick. <laughs>